Hello and welcome back to another episode of the IBC Podcast, where we sit down and dive deeper into our messages as well as talk about what's going on in the life of our church. Welcome back, everyone, to the IBC Podcast, the number one podcast, according to rumors, on Spotify, Apple Music, and now officially LimeWire, or unofficially LimeWire. Jeff, how are you doing? Doing well. Glad to be here. Yes, yes. It's great. It's beautiful outside, meaning it's raining, and mm-hmm. I love the rainy yeah, weather. This, this is a good time of year. It fall, is. Fall weather. You can yeah. get away with a sweatshirt and shorts or, uh, you know, short sleeve shirt and jeans, whatever you want to do. This is a perfect time of yep. year. Yep. Football's on, and it's getting uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. Um, it's playoff, baseball, baseball playoffs. Yes, playoff loving baseball. It. Mm-hmm. Watching it right now as we have this conversation. <laughs> um, but it's not worth watching because we're doing terrible. Um, all right. Top three list, your top three places that you want to visit. Yeah, so bucket list items would be uh, to go to Israel, which I'll get to do that uh, in February. Never been, so that that's exciting. Uh, being an Italian, I'd, I'd like to probably go to Italy. Uh, I don't know exactly where in Italy. Let's just say to see as much of it as possible, mm-hmm. but to go back to uh, the roots of where uh, you know my great-grandparents came from, and so that'd be fun. And then anywhere with mountains. So as we talked about last week, like hiking in the fall, the summer, those kind of places. So I kind of have a bucket list of mountains I'd like to uh, see and uh, experience. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So last Sunday, we uh, talked about uh, loving others through service. And this was kind of the conclusion of the series with this Sunday. Grace will be here and have that conversation with her. But um, kind of share a little bit about what you preached on Sunday morning. Yeah, so we preached on um, loving others through service by serving them, and and you could have taken that two ways. You could have went with an outward focus to people outside the church, uh, but we kind of focused on in-house by the way that we treat and care for each other, because if you can't uh, serve your brothers and sisters in Christ well, you're likely not going to serve people outside of the church well. And so we talked about that we've been set free to serve, uh, that God's given us freedom, uh, when we are saved, uh, and then we're to serve people lovingly and graciously. Yeah. We're not to be people who devour each other, uh, but that we try to find ways to love our neighbor because that's how we fulfill the law. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So um, in that, you talked a lot about how if we want to be set free from our sin, we can't give into the flesh. And, you know, one thing I was thinking about is, you know, we know, we know that Christ has set us free from our sin, but we still still have this 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 struggle with it. So so, how is it possible that I can struggle with my sin while also be completely set free from it? Like, how do those two things work together? Yeah, I think it's a posture. It's it's a it's a posture of the heart. Um, if you are looking to uh, feed your flesh, then your the posture of your heart is not interested in the things of the Lord, and so. Uh, but when Jesus has saved you and redeemed you and restored you and sees you as righteous because of His righteousness, uh, there becomes a posture that says, "I don't want to. I don't want to feed my flesh. I, I want to honor the Lord." And so, even if I do give in to my flesh at times, mm-hmm. the posture is an attitude of repentance and restoration that I'm going to keep moving forward in my walk with the Lord. And so, it, it's one of those things that you kind of have to just live with uh, the tension a little bit yeah. um, until one. One day we're with the Lord and, and our bodies are no longer 
sin, sinful in nature, uh, but that we're present with Him and, and in our restored and glorified state. And so I think that's that's probably the easiest way to do it is the posture of our heart is that I don't have a desire to live and give in to my flesh, but even when that happens, I'm still going to keep moving forward and mm-hmm. walk in a spirit of repentance yeah. and restoration. Yeah, that's good. So I'm kind of taking that now. Let's talk about serving um, other people. And, you know, one thing that's um, near and dear to both of our hearts is the importance of small groups in Mm -hmm. the church. And, you know, it's interesting in really in any church, but especially in, you know, a larger church where you can be present in a church and maybe even involved, but not necessarily feel like, there's a place for you to serve or you don't know what needs are out there. So how does being involved in a small group allow you to serve people within the church? Yeah, I don't think God calls people into a relationship with him for them to remain in isolation. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, He, when he calls you to salvation, he's also calling you to be a part of the family of God. And the way that the local church is set up is that not just that you're a participant in the local church, but that you're an active member in the local church. And one of the ways that you take on an active role is to be a part of a small group. And when you're in a small group, <clears throat> you begin to build community with people. And I think that's how God intended it. You can look at that even in the early church, mm-hmm. that when they came together, I even referenced this, that they they sold their possessions to care for each other. And I think that's uh, what you see happening is, is there were large numbers of people coming to faith in the early church, but they were in these smaller homes living life with other believers and caring for one another and serving one another as these needs arose. And I, and I think that's the importance of a small group and why we want to see people uh, take a step from not just being a worship attender, but being engaged in yeah. the life of the church through small groups is because that's where that kind of community happens. Yeah, um, It's it's easy to come in and out and not be noticed, uh, but uh, I, I think John Calvin said it uh, best. I'll probably butcher the quote, but he said it's a disastrous thing to leave the church, mm-hmm. uh, and that's because there. That's where relationships and communities found, and it was intended to be a place where we would serve and care for each other. Yeah, and, and one thing to add to that that I'm thinking about is, you know, I think sometimes in in service we see so many needs out there that we feel overwhelmed that we do nothing, mm-hmm. and the Lord hasn't called us to do everything. Right, He's called us to do something, and yes. usually that something is within the, uh, the the areas that are closest to us, right? right? So those small groups that we're plugged into are the groups that maybe God's calling us to serve most specifically, mm-hmm. and then maybe we can fill other gaps as we see fit as they come up. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I would totally agree with that. I think that's a great point that uh, we just got to be faithful uh, with the people that he's put in the in the closest circle of influence with us, that includes our family, that includes our our friends and relationships that exist in those small group settings, uh, and not to be overwhelmed by the needs uh, that exist across the whole church mm-hmm. or even outside of the church, uh, but just to be faithful to take care and serve those around us. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, um, kind of taking that down and go even deeper with it. You know, when we think about service, I think initially what we think about is how can I serve, right? Yeah. Um, but if we continue with this community theme, what does it say about maybe a small group, a group of people who serve together? Like, what what is the witness that our church has outside the church if we decide not just to serve as individuals, but also to serve as a community, as a group? Yeah, I think that's that's so countercultural to what our world does. Our world is very individualistic. 
you follow your desires, wants, feelings, etc. You take care of you mentality. And so when a group comes together and they themselves have been the benef- uh, the benefactor of service from each other, then they begin to take that outwardly and begin to serve as a group outwardly. People people take notice of mm-hmm. that. That's not something that's normal. And, and it's also uh, opens the door for a lot of gospel conversations. I, I think about it this way. If I see a, a group of believers share, sh- serving together in the community, I, I would ask myself, what do I need to do to be a part of something like that? Yeah. And I think it by nature becomes an evangelistic tool to reach people with the gospel because mm-hmm. it's so different than than the world that we live in. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's the downfall of America and Christianity in America is we've tried to merge individualism mm-hmm. with the gospel. But I really think there's some truth to the fact that if if the church is a family— and the family is serving together, and people see that and witness that. That is used to draw people into the family yeah. of God. Like yeah. that's why we'd want to be a part of that. Yeah, that's good. You know, some of the the most um, effective church plants that I hear about are not the ones where you know a family went out and planted mm-hmm. a church, yep. which is important. But it's when families together buy into this yes. vision and mm-hmm. they're moving together to a new mm-hmm. city and plant yep. a church because that yep. community matters. Yep. Um, and so what. One last question um, that I've got is, uh, so kind of going back to um, this idea of the flesh, fighting sin and community and serving all, all this together, you know, you you listed kind of, a, you gave us a list of what um, what we do whenever we're giving into the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of gave us that Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote. And one thing that got me thinking, and I may have like been reading into what you're saying, kind of chasing a rabbit, but... Um, I got to thinking about how when we're trying to fight the flesh, um, I think often what we do is we confess our sin to God. God, I'm struggling with fill in the blank, but we leave it at that and we never tell the people around us. How does community and confessing to community give me freedom from from my sin? Yeah, I think that there's, uh, well, I'd say this with the Bonhoeffer quote. You know, he talked about often we combat our evil thoughts most effectively if we refuse to allow them to be verbalized. And I think that that comes with, uh, we're not, that's not talking about confession yeah. of sin and making, making aware um, that the sinfulness in my life, I'm making aware to a brother uh, or, or a sister in, in Christ who can hold me accountable, who can pray for me, who can walk alongside me. And I think there's, there's beauty in confession. Uh, one, if we want to be people who live in the light, uh, this was talked about when we talk about our relationship with God and how we love God with our walk. Listen, we want to live as children in the mm-hmm. light. Uh, people of the light, and part of that is is that we speak transparently when yeah. we're when we're either tripped up by sin or caught in sin. Uh, to do that, um, the other part of that comes with as you receive that information from a brother and sister in Christ. That's not that's not permission for you to pass that on to somebody else, mm-hmm. which which it becomes the opportunity to feed the flesh is now I've been entrusted with this information. So now what am I going to do? What am I going to do with it? And so I think, uh, there's a, there's a line that says you need to confess that. But then as you, as if you're the one that that's being confessed to, uh, that comes part of serving, uh, your brother and sister Mm -hmm. in Christ is to receive that information and confidence and do what you can to get in the boat with them and help them move forward. Yeah, that's good. So if you have two more minutes left in your sermon, what would you add or even repeat? Um, I, you know, I would just repeat this is that, uh, I think we all desire to be a part of a, of a body of believers who love each other and serve each other. And, uh, that, 
that we as a church would, that's just what would mark us mm-hmm. is that we love each other enough that we're going to do whatever we can to help each other, to walk alongside each other, to be gracious towards each other. When we do make mistakes or decisions are made that we may not agree with or uh, arguments that might break out in a Sunday school class mm-hmm. over an interpretation of this or that, but that we'll be gracious with one another because the, those characteristics are what proclaim the gospel message to to a, a world that's looking for hope and really a world that's looking for a place to belong. Yeah. So, Yeah, that's good. So uh, if you haven't checked out the sermon, we encourage you to do so. You can watch that on our website, ibcshawnee.org, or you can find it um, here on Spotify or wherever you are listening to the number one podcast, um, according to some people. Uh, don't forget this Sunday morning at 8.30, 9.45, and 11, Grace Lions, the shortstop for the OU softball team, will be here um, as we just spend some time talking about using our platform for everyday discipleship. And so we'd love for you all to be here for that as well as to find a small group and get plugged in. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast, and we will see you Sunday morning for worship. Worship.